This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. That one you levicated to all the bicycle riders in. Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Trust me, riding a bike is better. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Everybody should ride bicycle. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio show for, oh, I think it's the 27th of May. March. No, it's not that fast. It's March. And uh, you're listening to 3CR Community Radio and thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. This is Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. We're a show about uh, bicycles and related transport issues coming to you from Melbourne, Australia. And on this morning, um, many people are glued to either a website or they're out on the Fe- um, Federation Trail or they're waiting for the first rider of the Indian Pacific to come through Melbourne. Um, we had quite a bit about the Indian Pacific on the last couple of shows, including last week with Faith and Val. Uh, today, I've got a catch up with um, Jesse Carlson that we did ooh, just over two weeks ago when Curve had a launch party for the Indian Pacific. So. Jesse was participating in the Indian Pacific, but unfortunately he's um, had to uh, leave the wheel race, but um, he's still involved with, you know, organising and the rest of it. So this is just a bit of a bit of a word that Steve had with him about a fortnight ago. So today we've got the first riders coming through. We've got Mike Hall and then we've got the amazing uh, Sarah Hammond, who's coming through Melbourne as well. And there's still 50 other people in this wheel race, so don't forget it's not just the race leaders. And if you're not really into... Um, extreme enduro stuff well you know as i said um fortnight ago when i was speaking to rishi fox um people like me can live vicariously through watching someone else's transponder move on a screen because i I thought it was quite amazing the endurance cycling sort of thing even if you're not really into it but i find it quite amazing feat anyway on the rest of the show i've got an interview with senator janet rice about um how you can help with uh, the situation with federal funding for cycling. I know it keeps going like a bit of a (laughs) repetitive thing of we have to keep pushing at these things. She's got some really good advice for that. And also we're going to talk about, um, unfortunately, some sad events that happened also about about a fortnight ago with the death of a zoo out in Yarraville and how that really deeply touched Janet. Anyway, without further ado, I'm going to get into the interview that uh, Steve did with Jesse at Curve just over a fortnight ago. How are you going? Pretty good. Now, there's a big gathering here. What are we all doing here? Oh, it's a bit of a send-off for uh, the brave souls taking part in the Indian Pacific wheel race in a little over a week's time. Indian Pacific. I've heard of that, but Indian Pacific wheel race. You're going to have to explain some of that. Um, well, yeah, it's a it's a five and a half thousand kilometre race um, across Australia on sealed roads, five and a half thousand k's from Fremantle to Sydney. Um, 
it's unsupported solo so riders choose how long they ride for how much they sleep for uh, they take all the kit that they need to survive along the way or or find it from commercial services out there um, so they'll be eating eating a lot of food from service stations and all that sort of thing out there and yeah not a lot of it's, it won't be a gourmet tour across australia that's for sure so uh, we're not seeing uh, riders with um, team support cars and things like that? No, so there's no, no team support cars, no boyfriends or girlfriends in cars, you know, handing you bottles or anything like that. Um, the idea is, yeah, only get access to services that everyone else has access to. So, um, yeah, unsupported and solo. Ride every inch of the course and you're under your own steam. And is there some marvellous prize? Yeah, so zero dollars. Um, so there's nothing at stake here, but except honour, really. Um, it's a terrible word, but it's it's like a, a gentleman's race, gentle person's race in the true true sense of the word. Um, there's a start time, there's a route that's been published, and uh, yeah, we'll all head off um, and share some war stories at the end, hopefully. So you say we'll head off. So you're planning to ride as well? Yeah. So. Um, I've been trying to put on the party, um, so I'd be ashamed not to go. <laughs> That's great. So how many riders have uh, signed on? Um, I think we'll probably have something like 70 riders starting. Um, it's been an interesting process with entries. We we made 90 places available um, to start with, and uh, but riders had to prove that they were going to come. Um, so it's like any ride, you put it out there on Facebook or whatever and say, hey, come and, come and do my awesome ride. You know, all these people will say they're coming and at the end of the day, the same old five, five guys rock up. <laughs> so this is no different. Um, so we wanted to build in a, a step in the entry process where people had to prove that they were going to come. So a lot of people sent in their air tickets. Some guys actually sent in resignation letters because they couldn't get leave. <laughs> um, that's probably a bit extreme, but um, yeah, we're prepared, to, we're prepared to accept that. <laughs> oh, that's great. So we're down to about 70, I think. Yeah, 70, 70 or 80. We'll, we'll find out on the 18th of March. And um, compared to other events of a similar nature like Race to the Rock, how many entries were in that? I think in Race to the Rock, we might have had uh, 30 or so. Um, yeah, so this one's, this one's a little bit bigger. We tried to, yeah, hype this one up a little bit more, create a bit more of a buzz. Um, so yeah, a few more, few more people came along. Uh, so that from a from a sealed road point of view, do you think that's attracted a few more people? I think so. I think with sealed roads, people find it a little bit more accessible, maybe not so daunting. Um, Off-road stuff, um, yeah, with Race to Rock, it was quite a serious challenge. It was quite remote. Um, so this one's, yeah, still, still definitely out there, but um, probably a little bit more accessible being on Bitchman. And has, is there sort of a more diverse crowd that's um, entered this? Like you're seeing some um, guys that have got Audex experience and that type of thing. Yeah, wide wide mix of skills here. I think a lot of the a lot of the Europeans coming out um, have experience in the transcontinental race, and a lot of those guys also are experienced in Audex rides and so on. Um, yeah, a lot of the Australians. It's a mixed bag. I, I really don't know. There's um, some guys who are quite experienced doing their own thing, multi-day rides. Um, but inexperienced in the racing sense. Um, a lot of them have done, you know, you know, Audax rides over a couple of days, but it's quite a different, um, different step going into, you know, one week, two weeks. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they all go. Yeah, it sounds fascinating. And um, where will we be able to uh, follow their progress? So if you just um, jump onto 
indianpacificwheelrace.com. Um, you'll find links to you know all the social channels. So probably the the Facebook page um, for the Indian Pacific Wheel Race. We're the place where we're trying to coordinate all the all the coverage. Um, so there's going to be a lot of a lot of stuff coming in, photos and so on from people watching the dots on the tracker um, and also from riders as well. So hopefully we'll be able to coordinate a bit of it there. Um, and so if anyone's watching as well, um, it'd be great to get people involved too, whatever way that is. So you'll be able to track riders coming right through Melbourne um, on the tracker. Um, you can head out for a ride with them. We're coming straight through the bully. We're riding on the bully and up the one in 20, um, heading out on bike paths to get out there. So um, it'd be a great way to you know, welcome some of the races from overseas into, into Melbourne. That sounds great. Thanks very much for your time, Jesse. Cheers. Pleasure. For progressive people around the world, it's been a hard start to the year. Trump is rolling out his racist agenda, inspiring increased racial, religious and gender-based hatred across the globe. It really is time to rally together to fight for a better world. There is power in numbers and there is power in independent, community-run media. Join the swelling number of people fighting back by becoming a member of your radical activist radio station. Show us your love and subscribe to 3CR. Call us on 9419 8377 or pay online 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Today on Yarra Bicycle News Group Radio, I'm speaking to Senator Janet Rice and we're talking about cycling issues in Melbourne's west and federal cycling issues where pressure can be put at government level. Janet. Hi Chris. Yes, and pressure keeps on needing to be put. We just have to keep on keeping on until we have all levels of government seeing sense and seeing the you know, need to be investing seriously to be making cycling and walking um, safe. And that, that means you know, the federal government pulling its finger out and actually moving to have serious levels of, of money invested in cycling infrastructure. You know, came, certainly came to a head a fortnight ago and really focused the mind with the very, very sad of Azu, who was a woman who was cycling from her home in Mooney Ponds to visit a friend in Yarraville and was hit by a truck in, in Yarraville to, um, to visit a friend in, in Williamstown. That really hit me hard because where she was hit is a, it's a bike route that I use frequently, that my partner Penny uses frequently, that my sons use frequently, and there's this real sense that it just could have been any one of us. Because looking at that area where it occurred, it was completely avoidable with just relatively minor pieces of infrastructure. And this is the problem. These things are continually overlooked. Absolutely. In fact, I remember so 
where where she was hit was she was actually going along the bike path along um, Whitehall Whitehall Street, and the truck just turned in front of her to be turning left um, onto into the industrial end of Somerville Road. So you've got the bike path, and then you've got this intersection there that's the intersection of the major truck route, and just very minor modifications to that intersection would make it safe, but as it is at the moment, it's not safe. And I know that whole part of that bike route is where it turns into Somerville Road and then continues on south to Williamstown along Hyde Street. That was the, the area that when it was first planned by Maribyrnong Council and the state government and the Port of Melbourne had input into it as well, that we flagged as being, hey, you know, this is a bit of a compromise. It's not the best practice. But, you know, it, it seems that it takes the death of someone to, to focus the minds as to um, the need to be making sure that it's not just some of bike routes that need to be safe, it needs to be all of them. And this is something I remember speaking to Colleen Hartland, who's the Greens, was it MH? Member of the Legislative Council for Western Metropolitan, that's right. Thank you. And I remember speaking to her about this similar thing um, only a couple of years ago, and we keep on having these relatively minor things that would make a vast improvement. We've gone beyond like you know, painting white lines on roads and calling it infrastructure. We must lift to the next level. And something that really brought it home was article by uh, Craig Fry in the conversation talking about Azur's death and he's he's someone who's written extensively about cycling and grief and like you know, moving through processes in life and the article is entitled does everything and nothing change when a cyclist dies and it's just something that really brings it home but why have we got this intransigence at, like there's I don't think there's intransigence at local government because they're, they're trying but they don't have the money but why state and federal governments that's right. Well, they just still don't see it as, as cycling as a significant form of transport. They see it as an extra, as an add-on, as just something that's you know only a small number of people do. And what really frustrates me is that it's you know, so compared with the amount of money that gets spent on road infrastructure and even compared with the amount that gets spent on public transport infrastructure, it's such relatively small amounts. You know, you can get a thousand kilometres of bike path for every kilometre of a major road project and it then makes that route safe for the people who are currently using it. But what's even more important, it, encu- it encourages people who currently aren't cycling to um, to take it up. And we know that you know, evidence, all the research after research after research shows that the thing that puts people off cycling is that they don't feel safe mm. um, being on their bikes. And that's particularly the case for women. So, you know, if we want to be encouraging people to, to ride bikes, we know that we you know a relatively minor bit of investment would you know, pay such massive dividends, which is, you know, good for um, the shape of our cities and good for people's health, you know, all the reasons why, you know, you and your audience know as to why we should be encouraging and boosting the number of cyclists. Mm. And, you know, the evidence is there. When a good bike route gets put in, the usage of it um, rises dramatically. I'm Tash Sultana, and you are listening to 3CR. Please subscribe. Do yourselves a massive favour. Thank you very much. Bicycle, take me up the hill. Take me down the hill. Take me I noticed this week you 
put a motion to the Senate? Yes, which was supported, so which was great, and so we're certainly going to be making sure that all of our you know, federal MPs hear about it and basically calling on um, the federal government to be investing in, in cycling infrastructure. The Greens went to the last election with a policy of saying, look, you know, let's get serious about this. And so our proposal was that we should spend $250 million a year, um, so a billion dollars on bikes over the next four years, and that would really transform cycling right across the country. So it, it was very pleasing for that um, motion, which was, you know, acknowledging and and with condolences for Azu's death, death, but really, you know, saying things have got to change, that we can't just have, you know, another cyclist being killed sort of every week. We've really got to sort of um, see it as a as a call to action. And meanwhile, you know, this, this weekend, very sadly, there's been another death of a cyclist on a country road up near um, Yarrawonga at the moment. And... I can you can just imagine, you know, he was riding along on probably a road that didn't have good sealed shoulders. It's you know was narrow, and a car that their probably excuse was, oh, we just didn't see him. You know, it just it it, it it has to stop. It really has to stop. We've got to get serious about about making sure that when you jump on a bike, you don't have to fear that you're not going to um, you know finish your ride. Yes, well, that's the thing about what happened to Azuz. She was 36, had two young kids. She's just going about her business. You know, yeah. just going to a friend's place and didn't come home. And this is the thing that I find just, I, I, I'm at a loss for words, involved with these processes a long time. And what is the intransigence? Do they see cycling as a immature activity to not take it seriously? There's, there's this whole kind of grab bag of stuff there. That I'm just... It is. I mean, uh, and it's just, it's a mental state that, yes. uh, um, you know, our politicians who are making the decisions, they don't see cycling as being a legitimate form of transport. That's the fundamental part of it. And so they, it, it just never comes up. And it, it happens at all levels of government. I mean, I remember when I was on Maribyrn on council and we had a bike strategy that, you know, said we had to be spending $2 million every year. So every year, you know, I'd front up during the budget process and say, it was $2 million over 10 years, so 200000 approximately every year. So for the budget, every year I'd front up and say, right, you know, we've got a bike strategy, $2 million over 10 years, where's the 200000 being spent this year? And the transport engineers said, oh, right, oh, yeah, okay. And they had some bike projects that were there below the line, and because of that pressure, they had to be you know, boosted up above the line. But unless, you know, we've got people applying that pressure at all levels of government, yeah. it just doesn't happen. <laughs> um, I mean, even things like the transport modelling for our cities, all of the um, you know, decisions that are made on what bits of infrastructure to be put in, sites aren't there. The, our transport models do not include people riding bikes. So the fundamental basic, you know, infrast um, planning instruments for our infrastructure just ignore cyclists. Oh, yeah, I can yeah. know this from the National <laughs> Cycling Strategy. It's put out every four to five years. It's in a nice document. and But the thing is, it's serving suggestion only. It's yes, got exactly. no bite. It's got no bite. It's got, pardon the term, it's got no mongrel. It's got no, nothing no, coming out being like, we've got to do this. And, and there's nothing mandatory about it to no. say that this is what's <laughs> got to happen. You know, this is, this is a serious form of transport and that we want to be encouraging more people to be riding their bikes because of all of the, you know, the health and environmental and well-being and city shaping benefits. Oh, don't um, we know it. But there's... That's right, but there's nothing that makes it mandatory. And, I mean, I look at my fellow senators and 
you know, a lot of the time they will laugh about the fact that I ride my bike. I don't think there's any other member of parliament that uses a bike as a form of transport. You know, there, there are a number of recreational cyclists and there's a group of members of parliament that they have a, a ride every Wednesday morning before parliament begins. But actually, you know, at utility and commuter cycling, they don't do it. And so they yeah. don't see it as being important. That's very strange considering that uh, Canberra has a relatively good series of uh, bicycle network up there. And a lot of That's people right, do ride. But they're pushing yeah, but this uh, mammal type thing. You know, mammal is there's another version I've heard called vomit. I will continue to be there and I'm yeah. very proud to be the senator who, who cycles and the senator pushing for bus. And I'll stand up to, you know, what's the, the ridicule sometimes that my fellow senators will throw at me. And I know that, you know, let's get serious. And I'll continue to say, yes, mm. you know, let's spend a billion dollars on bikes so that, you know, the tragic deaths of the cyclists that we've seen far too many of over the last years don't continue to occur. Mm. Um, but but the, the other tragic thing for me, I mean, I live in the inner western suburbs, I live in Footscray, so Azu's death was, you know, literally just around the corner from me in Yarraville. But the intersection of and the interaction between bikes and trucks and sort of the heavy freight traffic and really it just brought home for me that we need, A, we need safe cycling infrastructure everywhere, but mm. B, where you have got cyclists and, you know, heavy freight vehicles coming into contact with us, we need to have extraordinary infrastructure there to make sure that the, um, the two just don't come into contact with each other because there's no room for, you know, mistakes where you've got a B-double sort of, you know, coming down upon you. Yeah, I noticed also this week was the Melbourne Metro Rail Project. Their, their trucks, they're saying that they're going to be utilising in, in the building of the construction of this thing, will be using... Um, curtains similar to you know, safety curtains in London. The problem is when the yes. article appeared in The Age, they put up a picture of a tort liner, not a tipper, and don't give any really technical basis of it in terms of like, yeah, here's what they did in London for Crossrail. And there's these things, they're not really real thought through. I can understand, you know, thank you for thinking of us, but there's these gaps in awareness and trying to get it out to the general public. I think those curtains are, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're important, they're a good move, but we don't want the accidents to be happening in the no, first exactly. place. You know, what it means is that probably that someone, you know, you don't then have your bike and the and the cyclist being swept under the truck, which has happened, you know, very sadly in a number of recent accidents. But, you know, we don't want the, the trucks and the cyclists not to be, you know, in, in that close proximity with each other. So It's really sort of saying that safety is to be, you know, the, the number one criteria and that means that we need to have units being separated completely from freight routes. Communication Mixed Down. The show that takes a critical look at contemporary media. And explores the way we use communication to make sense of the world around us. From social media to citizen journalism. To the logo on the front of your favourite t-shirt. It's all part of the Communication Mixdown. Each week, Thursday, 6 to 6.30. Communication Mixdown. Cranking up. November 17, right here on 3CR.
like mixing up pedestrians and cyclists as sport. Victoria Walks have brought that to the fore with similar civil papers that they've done. So, what, you know, this is the thing. What can people do if, okay, they don't regard themselves as political or as an activist, but what can someone do if they want to keep pushing this process along? I'm putting you on the spot here, but it's well, a look, good question to... Well, look, the real yeah. basics... Yeah, no, look... It is, absolutely. Mm. And the basics of people think that it's, you know, they often feel what's the point of, you know, writing to their members of parliament. But I would absolutely encourage people to get in contact with their local councillors, with their state parliamentarians and their federal parliamentarians. And don't forget the members of the upper house of the state parliament and the, and all of your senators in Victoria. And, and, you know, if people feel passionate about this, write them a letter. Make it a, a heartfelt letter sort of saying how you feel about something. Much better to be a letter that's in your own words rather than a form letter. And then follow it up with a phone call because I can tell you as a senator, I don't get very many people that will actually ring my office and say, you know, did you receive my, my email and what are you going to do about it? Very, very few. And even a even smaller number that actually make the effort to ring up and say that they'd like to meet with me. Um, to discuss something. Those three things of writing a letter, follow it up phone call, and then, you know, to, to go the next step and say, I would like to meet with you. You're my representative. I want you to do something yep. about this. If we just had uh, a small number of people who are listening to this program at the moment doing that, it would really make a difference. And then, of course, knowing that, look, you know, realistically, because of where our current um, members of parliament, their views, it's going to take a while to get change. It's, that's why those involved with the Greens are there in politics because mm. we want, you know, we're passionate about getting that change and to be working with the community to get the change that we need so that we can be, you know, having a happier, healthier, more sustainable society. Because riding a bike is so much fun. It is. It's just one of the most <laughs> joyful things you can do. It's more joyful it than bloody commuting in a car. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, these... and you want to be, you want to know that it's safe to be able to do something that's such great fun. The wonderful bit of research that I think came out of Canada in the last year said that with only one percent of people counted their daily commute as one of the best times of their day, and guess what? They're all cyclists. <laughs> There's so much to cycling. There's commuter cycling. There's meeting your friends. There's doing going to the shops. And there we, we seem to be, I reckon, we're probably a bit more advanced than we actually think we are in terms of trying to get to a better environment. But we just got to get over this hurdle of being seen as an outgroup or seeing as a little bit ridiculous. And I think it's a, actually, I think it's a, a way of pushing a, um, a group down and we've just got to stand up that bit stronger. Allow yourself five, ten minutes a week, five, ten minutes a week, work on your local council and then move up to a state member, then work up to House of Reps and Senate. Give yourself a couple of minutes a week to go do what uh, Janet just mentioned. That's right. I mean, one of my favourite quotes is the quote from Margaret Mead that's, you know, basically, don't ever doubt that a small group of people can change the world. It's the only thing that ever has. And just the, the what you can do with a bit of determination and saying, right, you know, we're going to sort of have a concerted effort to get some change here and and things really can change plus you know be celebrating um cycling and celebrating being on your bike encouraging other people to ride you know whenever i i, I went to a, um, a morning tea with some muslim women in west melbourne this morning and so made sure that they knew that i'd got there by my bike yep. uh, by bike from footscray to west melbourne and they said oh you know how long did that take and mm. all of that and so yes you know it was an easy ride and it was mostly on bike paths <laughs> yeah that's right because a lot of people don't know and they have got their bike in the shed. They might ride it, you know, on paths through parkland during the week, but they don't know all of the 
the infrastructure that is there and, and need that confidence and need that support to actually get a go and then to be part of the push to be you know improving infrastructure in, in the places where it isn't. Yep, so change starts with you. Right, and voting for the right people so that we can have the individual change, society, community change, but we need to have the structural and societal change as well. And that's, you know, that's where politicians come in in terms of, and our governments, they can, you know, be making the changes to be really getting the structures in place to make it easy to ride rather than it being a struggle. That's all I've got time for this week on Yarra Boss. We use group radio. Thank you to Janet uh, and Steve for getting the interview with Jesse at uh, Curve Cycling a little while ago. And um, yeah, big shout out to everyone who's around Melbourne at the moment looking out for riders from the Indian Pacific Wheel Race. And don't forget, we should have our podcast up real soon on the 3CR website. And don't forget, you should subscribe or donate to 3CR. It's only $70 wage, $35 concession if you're really, really passionate or solidarity or got in a band. It's $130. So go to 3CR website and look up um, donate or subscribe button, the little uh, prompt up there. Up next, got Dirt Radio. I should be back on in about ooh, a fortnight. And um, oh, here we go again. Arcade Fire, No Cars Go, is if you're ever wondering what this promo music is. So I'll see you soon. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.